0: The aim is always to create a connected, engaging and fulfilling life, however that looks for you. No one can tell you what that life looks like, only you know, and I'm in no way suggesting that it requires absolute food police style eating perfection. In fact, letting go of the expectation of perfection can be crucial in stopping binge eating. Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food, so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. Hello and welcome. It's wonderful to have you here. Today, we're going to take a closer look at finding the foods that work for you. The foods that will help you feel good, help you stop binging and overeating, and if this is something you want to do it'll also automatically help with losing any extra pounds you'd like to get rid of. In the last episode, we looked at how to gather data about where you are with eating right now, so that you can map your progress as you move away from binge eating or overeating, and toward a nourishing and sustainable place of feeling relaxed and confident with what you eat. For many of us, Feeling nourished, energised and fueled by what we eat is a great idea, but who on earth knows how to make it happen or even what it looks like? I'm guessing you know quite a few different people who profess to have found the absolute right thing to be eating, think it's the holy grail and try to convert everyone else, including you, into doing exactly the same. And I'm for sure not dissing them. They might feel great and look great and have found what works for them. And that is truly wonderful. But maybe it's not the full picture and might not be exactly what you need. At this point, I have to confess that I was one of the people who always thought that what I was doing was the only right thing. And I would talk about it a lot. The thing was, what I considered to be the only right thing changed a lot too because I never quite got to where I wanted to be and I was a complete sucker for the latest spin, the latest book, the latest diet, the latest fad. Whether it was a new slimming club, juicing, vegan, keto, supplements or meal replacements, I was up for it 100%. At least I definitely was to begin with. And I'm embarrassed to say, I know for sure I got really boring talking about it because it took up so much of my brain space. But one thing I can tell you for sure I never want to taste another sugar free jelly or low fat, artificially sweetened, flavoured yogurt ever again. I just hate them. But I didn't used to notice that because I was doing what I was told I should enjoy. If you've ever wondered what you might have achieved with the time taken up on a preoccupation with food and diets, well, me too. But here is what I've learned. Different things feel good and work for different people. There is no right way that suits everyone. Let me give you an example that's nothing to do with binging or overeating. My brilliant brother is a healthcare professional and works in a pretty stressful environment. After a long shift he used to get home and drink a big glass of orange juice or squash to rehydrate and begin to wind down. He felt tired which was understandable after a long day and he felt a bit headachey but he chilled out, went to bed and thought nothing of it. A few years later, the opportunity came up to take a food intolerance test and, you guessed it, oranges were high on the list. How weird, right? Oranges. Well, he's not one to be convinced of these things without testing them. So test it, he did. When he drank the orange juice or orange squash or ate oranges, he felt wiped out, a bit off and got a headache. When he drank something different, he might still be tired, but it was a natural fatigue and there was no odd feeling of ickiness or headaches. It kept happening and eventually he was convinced and he stopped with the orange Now, for most people, I'm sure oranges, no problem. I can't imagine National Health Advice will ever recommend stopping eating oranges. But for him, oranges really had a bad effect on him. And the reason I love that story is that one food, oranges, wasn't right for my brother. But that doesn't mean eating oranges is wrong for everyone. Loads of people feel great with an orange. Which is why it's so important to be open to finding the food that feels good for you. The food that feels good in your body and feels good for the life you want to be living. That attunement will serve you so well as you begin to craft a way of eating that feels supportive, nourishing and sustainable and that allows you to realise your goals. And no... Any changes you decide on don't have to happen straight away or all at once, and you certainly don't need to be 100% perfect or have another list of good foods and bad foods. The aim is always to create a connected, engaging, and fulfilling life, however that looks for you. No one can tell you what that life looks like, only you know and I'm in no way suggesting that it requires absolute food police-style eating perfection. In fact, letting go of the expectation of perfection can be crucial in stopping binge eating. Rather, it's the very exercise of noticing that's so powerful and that will eventually lead you naturally and intuitively toward eating more of the foods that feel good and less of the ones that don't, perhaps without you even realising in the moment. If you're wondering how to find the foods that feel great versus those that don't, we're going to move on to that now. And a quick heads up, there's no need to take notes as I have an info sheet ready for you and I'll point you to it at the end of this episode. The first thing to do is to increase your awareness of how you're feeling to tune in and notice how your body or mind are responding at different times. Even if, like I was, you've been used to blocking this awareness out or overriding it with a series of rules, those rules might turn out to have a little wriggle room for reinterpretation, which will allow you to become aware of foods or meals that feel good that feel nourishing, sustainable, energizing, revitalizing and enjoyable. At the same time, you'll begin to notice the immediate or longer-term impact of foods, whether that relates to energy, mental clarity, physical comfort, a sense of satiety, urges and cravings or hopefully the lack of them or emotions. Now, I know that's a little general and nonspecific, so I'm going to offer some parameters to track, which you'll also find in the info sheet that you'll be able to download. I like to use a really simple scale from one to five for this process, and I recommend checking in and recording the data at the time you eat, 15 minutes after you finish eating, and a further hour or two after that. That's because food can feel very different in our bodies over time and there's so much important information to be gathered over that time. Also, over time, you'll be able to use the insight you gain to spot when an urge to binge or overeat might be coming and to identify any potential triggers, for example, being overly hungry before you eat. So this really is worthwhile. These are the categories to rate from one to five at those times I mentioned, when you're eating, 15 minutes after you've eaten, and another one to two hours after that. The first is mental clarity where a rating of one equals a low ability to formulate thoughts, perhaps being distracted, experiencing brain fog, or that thought brick wall that stops you formulating ideas or solutions, and where a rating of five is a clear, sparky, focused way of thinking. The second category is energy, where a rating of one is very low energy, sluggishness, fatigue or even sleeping and where five is feeling ready to go, vibrant, energised and up for the next part of your day. The third category is physical well-being, where a rating of one is physically uncomfortable, perhaps with bloating, stomach pain, a headache, Reflux, gas, or another physical symptom that you really don't enjoy, and where a rating of five is a sense of comfort and ease in your body. The fourth category is mood and emotions, where one equals feeling low or bad, perhaps down in the dumps, agitated or anxious, or beating up on yourself, and where five is feeling as though your emotions are supporting you and also suitably reflect your current situation. This last one can sometimes be a tricky one, but give it a go. It's satisfaction. In other words, your level of satiety where a rating of one equals wanting more food and wanting it now, which may look like an urge to eat more, cravings for a specific food, or even a gnawing hunger that doesn't seem to be satisfied. And a rating of five looks like being replete and not wanting any more food, perhaps not even thinking about food. And if the thought of a comfortable satiety seems way off because you've experienced overeating or binging until you're really uncomfortable so many times, stay tuned as we'll be talking more about hunger and fullness in future episodes very soon. A question that might well be coming up now is something along the lines of, but Gemma, I eat all all the time. How can I tell the effect of a different individual food on me? Oh my goodness, I hear you and I've been there. I found that focusing on the very first snack or meal of the day is the best place for most people to start. That's because there's likely to have been a period of time when you've been sleeping and not eating, so it'll be easier to tune into your experience when you do eat. And also because breakfast or breaking that night fast at whatever time the first meal of your day is, is often the simplest meal or snack of the day as well. Now, if that's all feeling a little bit like self flagellation and you're tempted to start beating yourself up already, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode three How to Quieten That Inner Shouty Critic. In that episode, you'll hear how to gently shift out of coming down really hard on yourself so that you can move toward a greater sense of openness and curiosity, which I promise will help you so much as you end the binging and overeating. And in the next episode, we're going to talk more about how to uncover the reason that you're turning to the foods you wish you weren't eating so that you can get really clear on where to focus to gain the biggest impact. So as promised, I've prepared an info sheet that you can download that lays out the categories we've just been through and that you can use to tune in and discover how different foods feel in your body and brain. Just go to the show notes at yoyofreedom.com forward slash five, that's the number five and a link to the info sheet is waiting for you. To wrap up, this episode has been all about how to find a way of eating that's right for you. That supports you in the way you want to show up in the world. I've invited you to shift your focus inside so that you can listen carefully to the messages your body, your brain and your emotions are sending, so that you can cut through the multiple and often conflicting messages around what the correct way of eating is and instead find out much more about what the most supportive way of eating for you might look like. that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast for more insight, tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic, vibrant life. If you found this episode helpful, it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you so much. Bye bye for now.